Hello everyone and welcome to the Constructed Criticism Network. This network is here to help you improve in Magic the Gathering at every level. From popper leagues to top 1000 mythic, we've got you covered. If you want to hear the entire network, head on over to our sponsor at puremtgo.com where you can hear each and every show, each and every week, and check out their sponsor, MDGO Traders, and tell them that the CCMTG Network sent you. Now sit back, enjoy the show, from YouTube, podcasts, and more, here's this week's episode from ConstructedCriticism.com. How's it going, everybody? It is 8 o'clock in the evening, Saturday, February 1st, 2020, and I am joined by a very, very special guest, one of the kind of architects of my formative years of Magic the Gathering, one of the people that kept me interested in the game after I made my first trip to an LGS, one of my oldest Magic friends, I'm I'm not making an age joke when I say that, (laughs) Brian Canada. You probably know him better from his YouTube channel, Cure for the Common Game. What's up, Brian? How you doing, Adam? <sighs> it's been a long day, and we're doing. Why, why did we have to do this at the end of the night? <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't have it any other way. I mean, yeah, plenty of material. So, for those of you who don't know, this is the show Homeward Path, part of the Constructive Criticism Family Network. We're the show for the for the little guys, for the the F and M grinders. Commander players, the, the people that are interested in experiencing magic as their primary source of fun and escape from the grind of daily life. And if you want to help me escape from the grind and malaise of daily life, you can support the show over on patreon.com slash homewardpathmtg. Every piece of content I put out is always going to be free, but if you support what I'm doing, you like it enough to help me keep doing it, I am not going to turn it down. <laughs> That's right. So... We're going to go ahead and slide over into the fast lane. We're going to put a foot on the gas, and we're going to fire off some rapid-fire questions for Brian. For those of you who don't know, who haven't heard me talk about Brian before, why don't you tell them a little bit about the kind of who you are and what your what your shtick is, what your goal, what your thing is. Cool. My name is Brian Canada, and I was introduced to Magic in 1994. Uh, been play, I've played every format, uh, but I really found my love around, uh, it was Time Spiral Block, Planar Chaos. And yeah, it was like right as it came out. Yeah. Uh, I found Commander and we called it EDH back then. And I, mean, I have. We still call it EDH. Yeah. Yeah, we do. We're not elitist. It's just <laughs> what it's called. Right. <laughs> uh, uh, so. But here about, I don't know, three and a half years ago, I have. I love deck building. I do. And I remember that about you. That was one of my first impressions of you. Like the, the very first deck I ever sat down across from you when you were playing, it was, God, what was it? 2005, 2006, something like that. Sounds right. And you were like, we, it was my first standard tournament. It was the weirdest tournament structure, but we'll get into more of that much later. (laughs) But I, obviously, I didn't end up doing very well, and I ended up spending most of the night in the back jamming casual games with a bunch of people at the table. And you were playing this like Underworld Dreams Urza's Guilt Megram <laughs> sounds, Wheels deck. Yes, <laughs> uh, that sounds like exactly something I would do. So I found Commander, and I I had just like casually, I had like sixty five or seventy different decks. Oh, that I didn't know. I, that was because I just 
I, I would come up with an, a new deck idea. I would build the deck. I'd play it. And it's like this thing that you made. It's, it's, it's almost artistic in, in creativity. So I, I would build it, and I didn't want to take it apart. I'd just build another one. And about three and a half years ago, I had taken some time off of my professional life and uh, I just flipped the camera on one day and <laughs> just started going through my personal decks. And once I, I started, uh, it I became hard to stop. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, you know what? I am going to build every commander deck possible. Every legendary creature that exists, I'm going to build a commander deck out of it. And you know what? Some of those are really hard to do. <laughs> Some of them you just choose for their colors. Oh. <laughs> ah, hey, I don't know what you're talking about. I love seven mana legends that tap for a blue. <laughs> it's such a great mechanic to build around. Riven Turnbull. <laughs> <laughs> but as as our segment for Fastlane this week, I decided we'd just let the let the listeners, the viewers at home send in some questions that they might have for quite possibly one of the foremost experts when it comes to the, the fun, like the experience of commander play. Yes. Because very few people have that approach to that format. I love it. That's what it's all about for me. Magic. It's more about the gathering than the magic. Oh oh, yes. The magic is fun. It's a, Oh Yeah. I, I love this uh, game. A, a buddy of mine asked me the other day, "Is like, what would he said? How do you define a game?" And I said, "Well, for me, it's some form of either intellectual or physical stimulation that provides an escape from the more mundane things you always do." Absolutely. And for me, very little does that the same way. Uh, you know three hour round of throwing weird cards that we've never read before <laughs> at the table. Like absolutely there's nothing like it. <laughs> I'm going to laugh every single game. Yes. Every game, every single one of them, <laughs> whether it's, uh, whether it's casting, you know, fists of the anvil and teamer battle rage <laughs> on a board of 18 goblins or the following turn dying to the cats that put on their coats of arms. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> So our first question comes from, ironically enough, my first patron, awesome. uh, Kevin McGrath. Hey, Kevin. Said uh, he's got two. The first one is hardest commander to build around, like any that you had to set aside for a while because it was too difficult. There are several that I have been working on for multiple years. Uh, the Jace deck took me six years to build, but that was because I wanted every card to be specifically Jace. But that, yes. that wasn't really difficult. I just had to wait for them to print enough cards. Right. right now, out of the new Theros ones, I am having a difficult time with Hactos. I can see that. Because you can't really, you can't. I mean, it's all you've got is Anthems. That's that's pretty much it. Yeah. That's... Um, and you're Boros, so you yeah. you start with one hand behind your back anyway. Yeah, you're playing the the worst co- the worst color <laughs> by itself in in Commander in red, and then you're playing the worst color in like every other constructed <laughs> format in white, <laughs> which kills me because I love white so much. Right? It's it's fun. It's just. Well, the reason why so, I like yeah. it, though, is because it's such of a challenge to make it good. <laughs> I could do a whole episode about... Oh, wait, I just did. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, and then the, the, the other side of that, what was the easiest one? Not the, not just the popular ones, but ones that were fun for those wanting to get into the format. Just like you sat down and the deck just seemed to kind of build itself. Ruhan of the Fomori. <sighs> Ruhan of the Fomori is smashy, smashy. Well, no, it's not smashy, smashy. It's not. It is every card in the game of magic in those three colors that uses the word random. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then when I ran out of random cards, I went to coin flipping. Because it's also random. Yes. I love it. That is a ton of fun. I Somebody's going to die. It may be me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> What's good? What is it? Your, your opponent's like, okay, I need you to bring me up to speed. What's going to happen this turn? And in your response in true Steve Martin from Pink Panther fashion is, we know nothing. You are now up to speed. <laughs> Flip a coin. Who knows? <laughs> Get your, your, uh, your Heath Ledger Joker makeup on. I'm an agent of chaos. <laughs> That's exactly what that deck is. Uh, the next one comes from, he, he's not a patron, but he is one of the longest running listeners and one of the listeners I have the most interaction with and Brandon Wheeler, who says, I have the Niv-Mizzet-Parin deck for EDH. What are some auto-includes other than Mana Rocks? I'm new to Commander and don't really know where to look. And I, as far as knowing where to look, you are, again, rather uniquely qualified in that regard. Right. Uh now, the very first place that a lot of people will point you to is EDH Rec. However, that is fair warning there. I love the website. I love those guys that run it. But it is a composite of every single Niv-Mizzet Parun deck that has ever been built and listed online. So even if you've got like several different builds that have been focused in different areas... It's just going to mash it together on that one composite page. So that's you've got to filter some of that with how you're building the deck and, and your deck style. And that was a little bit of kind of how I responded to him. I said, I'm pretty sure we both have him built. I yes. know I do. I'm yes. Fairly certain you did too. Yes. But now... we saw the words, do stuff, draw a card, and we're like, eh? <laughs> okay. I, I like doing stuff. I like drawing cards. <laughs> I like doing both of those things on the same card. But now here is here's one of the uh, uh, one of the problems with the specific quest I'm on. Uh, as of today, I have 539 commander decks. Yes, and here I am. I know I have built Niv Mizzet Parum. I know I have. Can't remember what he does. I remember the card, obviously. I mean the deck. Yeah, but I, 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 I do the best I can when I build these decks, and now I, I'm like. Uh, yeah, that's a good card for that deck. Oh, I put it in there. Sweet. <laughs> um, Niv Mizzet Perun, uh, he's the triple triple, isn't he? Yeah. And can't be countered. Correct. Which is fantastic for a six drop commander. Absolutely. It's the most is it commander ever. Yes. Which is ironically, you saw firsthand uh, a few weeks ago. That's exactly how I built it. Yes. I wanted that thing to do like. A whole bunch of stuff is going to happen, and eventually somebody's going to die. <laughs> and that's a very is it way to do it. Uh, let's see. Auto includes. Um, I mean, obviously, like because of how good Nibmizit is with it, both it makes them better and plays naturally with it. Just the words draw a card. 
Yeah, and as I remember, I think I went like Tribal Niv-Mizzet. I think I'm playing all three, uh, not counting the five-color one, of course. All three uh, of the Izzet ones, just because they all just feed off each other. Yeah, they do. I just, I, I went like as far down the spell slinger rabbit hole as I could on the. Oh, yeah. We're, yeah. we're playing Primal Amulet. We're playing Young Pyromancer, Dosin of Perfection. Like, I'm playing Electrostatic Field, Firebrand Archer, and Gutter Snipe in that deck. I'm working on a different style uh, spell slinger deck. Ouyo. Spellslinger Ouyo. Ooh. It, it, I haven't got it filled. I have, I have a very special place in my heart for Moonfolk as it is. So <laughs> I haven't got it finished yet, but it feels really dirty while building it. <laughs> <laughs> the the only iteration of a Spellslinger deck I've seen that was quite possibly like the dirtiest thing I've ever seen was when my friend Nick built Cast Dissident Mage. Oh, that's so easy to bust. As a turbo turns deck. Yes, that is easy to bust. Man, it is. So we just, you know, we have Cass on the battlefield. We have Malik on the battlefield. <laughs> we have a flipped primal amulet on the battlefield. <laughs> and then we cast a time stretch out of our graveyard. And let's just take 10 turns. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> we're going to go into solitaire mode here. Uh, uh, nobody else is playing for the rest of this game. That's how we're going to win. Uh, everybody else just gets up and leaves while I'm trying to figure out if I can ever kill everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I lost a game last night to something like that. Oh, God. <laughs> so like, okay, you got it. We're good. <laughs> for specifically for specifically Niv Mizzet Parun, uh, the three that really came to my mind for kind of the the typical kind of staple builds of Niv were the Spellslinger style where you're just playing all your instance and sorcery payoffs and you know occasionally having big swing turns where you just resolve a billion spells and something happens and you eventually snowball an advantage. Uh, storm combo is also just unreasonably easy. I can actually see... I think that was the route I went with it. It's just... It's, it, it, like, it's so easy. Very, very. It's so easy. You're just... Uh, my Pyretic Ritual draws a card. My Seething Song draws a card. My, my Manamorphose draws two cards. My... <laughs> More importantly with me, the empty the warrants drop. <laughs> it's nothing like ending up with 30 goblins. <laughs> but, you know, your mind's desire draws a card before you storm off. <laughs> yes, it does. It's so dumb. And then your brainstorm deals three damage. Four if you count the card you draw from Niv. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. Treasure cruise. Draw four, deal four, <laughs> one mana. Uh, and then we go Mizzix Mastery, cast my graveyard, and everybody dies. <laughs> like, I, here's something that a lot of Izzet decks I think are overlooking is Mizium's um, Trendreliquat. I'm drawing a blank on that one. Uh, original Guild Pact. Uh, it is a artifact that can copy another artifact but if you use the actual is it activation of it the the is it mana activation it becomes a copy of that artifact and retains that ability so you can copy different artifacts uh, now most of the time your is it decks are, are spell slinger but here lately in the past couple of years we have gotten a lot of artifacty is it yeah and that really really helps to be able to change that thing from card to card 
yeah as needed i can see that and then of course it we we can't mention a niv mizzet commander deck without mentioning the ease of which it is to slide curiosity and Ophidian eye in be careful though because one of those is a may ability and the other one is not so Jace Wielder of Mysteries is really easy to play in your deck. Yes, it is. And, and then you just draw the whole thing and kill everybody. And now we have a two-drop version. Well, sort of. You yes. have to have the yeah. May ability for that one to happen. Right, yeah. But ironically enough, Niv pushes your devotion up by three, too. <laughs> but uh, that, was, that was pretty much it from Brandon. And then, of course, you had to do the thing where you had to ask a question <laughs> to yourself. <laughs> Courtesy I saw, of Twitter. <laughs> I saw it pop up on Twitter, and I, I just, that card, uh, uh, Fodder Cannon, popped in my head. Oh, no. I love the flavor text on, on the, the question posed was, is there anything worse than being a goblin's cousin? Step one, find a cousin. Step two, get your cousin in the cannon. Step three, find another cousin. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> so, with that all knocked out of the way, let's let's uh, let's get over a little bit. Let's slow things down, and we're going to go into the focus of the episode, which is on community building in Magic, and one of the most, for me, overlooked aspects of the game. We all, everybody likes to talk about the fact that the gathering is better than the Magic, but nobody wants to talk about how to facilitate making it that way agreed so i figured the best place to start would be kind of our our magic origin stories yeah uh and specifically because i've told mine like where when i started and what all i played until i eventually went to lgs's and started playing tournaments specifically kind of first impressions of lgs play like because I honestly, I've never heard this one from you, kind of your first experience in a game store. Okay. I, I don't think I've ever told this story. Not not to me, at the very least. To so. anyone, yeah. Uh, I started playing in uh, Missouri, in a town called Cape Girardeau. And there was no, at, at the time in 94, there was no game shop. So you had like a collectible shop, maybe a comic book shop yeah. carried it. Uh, but there wasn't any dedicated place to play. But now, just a few miles away in Sykeston, there was a uh, comic book shop that had like war games, you know, Warhammer stuff yeah. like that. And that was the first big actual local game store that I went to. And it was in the mall. It was kind of a small, small venue yeah. there. Uh, it reminds me of the old version of... Uh... Oh, we, we was like Bookland or whatever in Jackson. Yeah. That was where a lot of that oh, stuff yeah. happened. And it was, that's where I really came into being because uh, the first, I don't know, the first year or so that I played, we would meet at like Hardy's was open 24 hours. As long yeah. as you buy fries every so many hours or a Coke, you know, they're fine. They don't care in the middle of the night. And we would just meet it wherever and, yeah. and, and play. Of course, now this was before the the wide adoption of of the internet too. So you just had to know where people were playing, and you would yeah. just show up. Uh, but that LGS there, it really, I really found 
when you start frequenting your LGS, and I know everybody listening to this has their own version of this happening to them, you find a group of just like-minded individuals. They may not even play your game, but something clicks there. Uh, uh, Like through Magic, I started playing several other games. Yes, I've cheated on Magic in the past. Uh, Same. I've played other games, but I always come back. I mean, I've never stopped playing Magic. I, I cannot say that. And, <laughs> and and when I get out of whatever the other game is, be it Warhammer, Lord of the Rings, or Overpower, boy, there's a... Star Trek CCG, that one was a short-lived, fun experience. It was not short-lived for me. Uh, I did a box bust on it last month. <laughs> it was way more fun than it ever got credit for. Yes, it was. Or the really obscure one, the Austin Powers card game. Uh, we did drafts of that at yes, the CCG. Yes, I remember. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> it was a ton of fun. But that was uh, my first experience at an LGS. Uh, by the way, I, I because I have, with my, my professional life, I, I have moved around quite a bit. So I've always kind of found LGSs wherever. I was like, well, okay, we're moved in. i got to go find the game shop. <laughs> and I know that mood. So uh, little known weird tidbit. Um, I have been to six different LGSs where the owner is named Jeff. It's weird. That is, that is an odd tidbit. <laughs> It is weird. That is yeah. that is odd. <laughs> I, I have noticed that names that start with J are pretty common. I've known a lot of owners named like Jeff and John and yeah Jeremy and <laughs> uh, oh we got to find the one that's owned by Jarvis yes. <laughs> because you know he's going to give you excellent service. Absolutely, he's going to take very good care of you until he gets implanted into an android body anyway uh <laughs> so for me you were there at my first my, my formative lgs experience yes like we'd been playing locally for a while we, a, a group of kids from here in mckenzie introduced me to playing actual formats to that point we'd just been playing that format called cards i own Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm I'm a big fan of that format. That is a, it's a fun <laughs> format. But not, you know, necessarily very structured. It doesn't give you a you know, cohesive avenue to compete. Your decks are just awful and you don't realize it, so they're still fun, but like once you yeah. once you come up against a tuned piece with one of those that you're like, Oh, I got to fix what I'm doing. I got to fix it. Let's do you remember that very first time it's different for everybody, but do you remember that very first time that you encountered that style deck? It, it was like this level up moment for you to where you realized what this game is capable of. Yes. And you were, ju- I, I was blown away. I was like, I'm, I'm sitting here playing this like, Oh God, what was I playing? Cause at my, mine in that, particular example is a is a really bad experience because it left me with a really sour taste for competitive play for a little while uh because the first deck that really introduced me is uh matt blaylock introduced me to what standard had just gotten through being by stomping my face in with a fit whoa affinity Affinity. see i uh, my very first one that i took to a, a tournament 
uh, was a blue-white deck, and it's the exact opposite of what you have in your mind. It is not Brian Weissman control. Because here, here, here was my line of thinking. Okay, I want four Sarah Angels, four clones, and four doppelgangers. We're just going to have <laughs> all of the four fours. Yes. We are tribal four fours. No counter spells at all. <laughs> oh, it hurts my soul. It hurts my soul. I, that was the day I learned what a Wrath of God was. Yes. <laughs> uh, in my case, the we'd, we'd been playing a little bit over the summer, and I had kind of organically started learning about regular constructed magic deck building principles just by having to figure them out in order to keep up. Mm-hmm. But that first tournament, uh, we, we went up there, and it was me, my now former friend Steven and his stepbrother Chase went up there first tournament. I I played the deck I had that felt like it ran the smoothest, not necessarily the, the most powerful, the fastest, whatever, which is something that's kind of followed me throughout my time playing magic. I try to pick the one that I feel like is going to fail the least, but that's something that kind of holds me back at times. But I went in there and I knew, I thought I was going to know literally no one. And this is going to be, this is going to be an aha moment for you because I recognized one face in the building because I had met him about two months prior at a, a winter formal that we happened to both attend at West Carroll High School. Hmm. One Chad Anthony Powers. Yes. <laughs> Love Chad. And I know he's not listening. Still. <laughs> he should be. Nah. Every time I try to pull him back in, he doesn't want to do it. So He's more interested in playing the digital games. He's big on Eternal. and uh, he's, I, he, I can get him in with Commander. He ain't even got to build a deck. He's got to come by the house. Yeah. He knows where I live. He also knows where I live. <laughs> He was on board with, you know, coming here because the barbecue place is right over there. So. <laughs> <laughs> but that one, I mean, that was my first experience with walking in the door and just seeing a whole bunch of people all playing the same thing. Because for me, the only, like, we'd go to each other's houses or we'd play each other at lunch at school. Right. That was it. That was the only experience I had for magic to that point. And then I go in and it's like in my mind just it's like the 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 gradually increasing brain size meme. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I'm way Indeed. up here at the bottom the size of a pebble. That's what it <laughs> felt like. I was like, whoa. <laughs> and the weird part about it still to this day for me is even though you know it was 2005 mm-hmm. and we had you know, major tournament circuits everywhere, all this stuff going on. And that shop still at that point was running single elimination FNM. Yes. I still, that was, I think I wasted more money playing <laughs> single elimination FNMs for the better part of, of three years. Yeah. Than anything else. But we didn't know any different. No, that's, yeah. that's just, that's how we had to play tournaments. Yeah. We thought that's how they went. And then somebody's like, oh, I went, uh, I went six and two at this uh, t- the the Kentucky Open. I said, "How did you get a second loss?" 
What do you mean two losses? Didn't they kick you out after the first one? I thought that's how this worked. <laughs> yeah. So eventually I I kind of moved off. Yeah. You know, I did uh I, I played it collector's item a lot of people don't even remember that's the name of the store they just mm -hmm. remember the name of the owner right but do you know that it in that shop i uh i had read about i played the very first game of commander in i know in town it could possibly be the state of tennessee i don't know very possible uh right there in that shop uh because i i had read about it on uh uh the mothership website it's magic yeah and uh, it was it, back then it was this weird wonky format that judges were playing right and, and i was like oh this sounds cool so i built the deck stupid me i built a deck and i took it up there and i'm like what do you mean nobody else has got a deck so the next week i built another deck so we had two I, and brought them both up and i got i want to say it was Derek, sat there and played with me and us playing this game with this weird these why is your deck so big? Why is that card not in your deck? It's over to the side. Well, that's my commander. Uh, I mean, and it just drew a crowd. What is happening right now? Yeah, it was. Well, and that, that was me and the guy standing in the back. What is going on? <laughs> are they just bad? What is happening? <laughs> Why are they playing so many seven drops? I don't understand. Because <laughs> I, I want to say those two decks were the... Uh, Two of the three color dragons yeah. from Planar Chaos. That was where they got their name. Yeah. yeah. That's where the format got its name. Yes. The Elder Dragon. The original Elder Dragons and then the kind of the the champion dragons from Invasion Block and mm -hmm. uh Planar Chaos. Now we have Elder Dinosaurs and Elder Giants. E G H. <laughs> <laughs> I mean uh -huh. In, in Sarah's case, playing last night, she was playing Sideways Tribal, so, you know. Hey, there is nothing. Smork Tribal. <laughs> there, is, there is nothing better sometimes. Than, it's such a cathartic feeling. You, you play dudes, you turn them sideways, and you know what? Sometimes the dude math works out in your favor. <laughs> math is for blockers anyway, right? <laughs> that's, a, that's right. <laughs> the only math you have to do is figuring out how many cards you can cast. <laughs> Subtraction from life. For those total. that didn't get to hear about that, uh, my wife actually cashed her first FNM last night. Awesome. So, awesome. I mean, we were beyond excited. She finished exactly one place below me. <laughs> <laughs> I got the tiebreaker. I would have been even more proud if she'd finished higher. Yes, yes, indeed. I, I have I have been in that experience before, and you're like, I taught them. <laughs> Like single tear rolling down your cheek. Uh, do you remember in two thousand eight when Memphis or when Memphis got worlds? Yes, uh, I was. I, I was down for Christmas and could not go. Yeah, I uh, I had my shop at the time. It was the only the only days we were ever ever closed. I literally hung a sign on the front door, gone to worlds. <laughs> so there was six of us that carpooled down there, and we were all walking around, and we saw a chance to play against. <sighs> Richard Garfield. Now, these five other players that rode with me, I taught all of them how to play. So we all, six of us, played against Richard Garfield that day. I was the only one he beat. Everybody else that I taught <laughs> beat him. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, you, you do, it's, uh, the web series is Dragon Ball Abridged on, on uh, YouTube. Uh-huh. 
and you have your Vegeta moment there. You're like, huh, this is a new feeling. <laughs> Pride in someone else. Unfortunately, it's quickly being replaced by unyielding rage. <laughs> I was just thinking of those who can't do teach. Yes. <laughs> what am I doing? Right? <laughs> but I eventually ended up moving off. I, I, I went to school in uh, Minot, North Dakota. Frozen tundra of Minot, North Dakota, where it's the, uh, the, snow and ice on the ground nine months out of the year. The only thing I know from Minot, North Dakota. Is it's an Air Force base that literally no one wants to get stationed at. No, that's not what I know. Oh, wow. I'll tell you, the, the only thing I know from Minot, North Dakota is, okay, a preface here. I am also an MTG dad. I'm actually an MTG granddad. Uh, I found the game after having kids, but, and so, uh, during that, uh, there is a, uh, cartoon series called Veggie Tales. Oh way, way back. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We're going to the way back machine, 20 something years. That hurts a little. And I think I just sprouted a few gray hairs. <laughs> there was an episode in there where they ref referred to Minot, North Dakota. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, when I got up there, like I obviously didn't know anybody cause it's like, 1400 miles one way from where i live right and you were thinking might not be the best place but it's where i am oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> their their town slogan was why not my not that is awesome <laughs> <laughs> but i got up there and the only place they had to play any sort of games like i eventually most of mine, I was just like building stuff and like, I just brought my stuff with me. I didn't know anybody I was playing with. So I was playing a bunch of other games. I was kind of talking around. The only person I knew there was Sarah. Right. And eventually she kind of overheard somebody that was working in the same work study program that she was talking about it. So she let me know to like, look him up and, and, and talk. And, you know, we're so good at that in, you know, 18, 19 years old oh, yeah. about walking up to somebody and not being the most awkward human being in the world. And you're like, Hi, I heard you play magic. Let's go play. You're Derek, right? <laughs> and they, we eventually ended up, uh, Derek introduced me to his friends, Lance and Mike, and we would play, We'd, we'd alternate locations. We'd play at Derek's apartment. We'd play at my dorm room. We'd play at, at Lance's apartment. And then they told me about the only game. I was like, why don't we go to the shop? Don't we have a shop? And they're like, well, we do, but not really. The The name of the shop that was there was called Force of Habit, which is ironically a pretty effective name for a game shop. Yeah. And it's kind of sad that it was the way it was. They were much more of a comic and collectible and like... Every single Magic player that played there played Cards I Own. Right. Which, for the three of us, as people who were trying to play more competitive formats, we were trying to stay kind of on the cutting edge or whatever. Yeah. That was not a good place for us to play. Nobody wanted to play with us. And what ended up happening is, because like Force of Habit was just off the square, so from the college it was probably about three quarters of a mile. Really? And in the summer, that's fine. Three quarters of a mile walk. That's nothing. But when there's like four foot snow drifts, three yeah. quarters of a mile is a ways. It's a trek. Yeah. And 
I never wanted to be the burden on anybody, so I'd just avoid going. I'd just sit in the sit in the dorm room, wait until we were all going to get together anyway. Yeah. But eventually what ended up happening is a new shop opened up. It was my sophomore year. A new shop opened up. Like the the back end of the college was was just at the bottom of the hill. Mm-hmm. Or like starting up the side of the slope of the hill on the main drag. And then this shop was just like right up here on the corner, just below the crest of the hill. Oh, that's convenient. Right? <laughs> oh, look, I just got done with my three o'clock class. I don't have to do anything until six. Let's walk 40 feet over here to, to yeah. Grand Slam. <laughs> and Frank at first ran just a collectible store. That's all he wanted to do. I just want to do baseball cards, currency, stamps, like... The niche collectibles that nobody ever carries. Right. And we we just started going in there to have a place to play because he had tables and stuff set up for people to sit down and kind of pour over stuff and bring stuff up to him to, to sell or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, we started going in there to play. And the more he watched us play, the more he's like, where do y'all get this stuff? Like, where do y'all buy this? I was like, well, currently we either buy it online or we buy it at Walmart because that's all we have. Yeah. And he's like, okay, well, how would I go about getting this stuff? I'm like, I mean, uh, look around, see if anybody's trying to unload a collection. You can, and then, you know, talk to Wizards of the Coast who makes the game. They can potentially put you in touch with some wholesalers. Like, yeah, you know, see what we can figure out. And he says, okay. Well, he eventually went and he, he bought a collection from somebody and he had the coolest display system for his because he built he built his display case. Oh yeah. And it was it was wood and it went up the up the side of the wall and it was it was sitting in a diagonal and in the diagonal he had slats cut where you could just slide a card in and it would stand up. So it's neat. So it would just like everything was right there facing you with stickers for prices all over them. Oh. And it was you if you wanted a card, you'd tell him, "Hey Frank, I'm going to grab this," and you just walk over and slide it off the wall and hand it to him. Oh. <laughs> that is neat. <laughs> and that case went with him everywhere he everywhere he went to the best of my knowledge. But you know, he got that collection and then we're like, well, why don't, what about uh, sealed product? And at the time, the newest set that had just released was Conflux. Yeah. And we said, what about what about just bulk product? And he said, well, I don't, I don't really feel comfortable doing it if it's not going to sell. So the three of us looked at him, we're like, or the, the four of us looked at him, we're like, okay, Frank, let's put it to you this way. If you buy a box of Conflux and do not sell it all by the end of the month, we will buy the rest of it from you. And you ain't got to worry about it ever again. Yep. Let's make that deal. And in two years time, we went from having to convince him to buy his first box to him busting, to him getting in like 25 cases of product <laughs> for a pre-release and worrying he wasn't going to, or for a release day and worrying he wasn't going to have enough. Yeah. Because what he did was fostered 
what he and we as a as a kind of a cohesive group did was foster this community where we wanted everybody to just come in and sit down and stay a while. Yeah. His wife would bring baked goods. They kept a fridge stocked with drinks. Yeah. Did we have to pay for those drinks? No. Hmm. Hey, Frank, I'm getting a Mountain Dew. Okay. Make sure you put another one in there. Because for him, that was that was money he was going to make back because the longer you stayed there, the more likely you were to buy something. Right. Exactly. And we we held F&Ms. We held, uh, we'd just get together on Wednesdays for playtesting. That's cool. Uh, we'd, we'd have deck building parties. Just everybody bring piles of cards. When we were getting ready to move back down here, I was trying to pare everything down. I had brought my entire collection up with me when I moved up there from high school. Mm-hmm. And I had this big, like, rubber-made tote full of loose bulk cards. And one afternoon, I vividly remember going through one afternoon and taking up the entirety of two long folding tables so that we could count how many cards were in those totes. And he just bought all of them because he'd started doing repacks for a store about 120 miles down the road where he would he would package this stuff up and he was sending them to this this other store to add, to have his new player product it was like a dollar for a yeah. repack of 30 cards. Awesome. Yeah. Heck yeah. So he paid me based on how many cards I got. And that ultimately, like, the the amount of camaraderie and just, like, fulfillment we got from building that store up from having no inventory and just the four of us ever playing there to the point where we were, you know, 40, 50, 60 person pre-release events by the time I left. Yeah. Like in two years time, it it was something. It was really something. And then that the summer in between, like we were, we were, it was before he had changed locations and before we really kind of ramped everything up crazy. Mm -hmm. I actually came back down here for the summer and we kind of have a mutual interest in this this part of the story. As the the uh, eventually ill fated, but at the time it was a fun fun experience. The story of the Gamers Guild in Jackson. Yes, yes, uh, that was um, that was Southside. Yeah, and uh, there was nothing there. There was absolutely nothing to do on the south side of town. There very little in all of Jackson. Yeah, completely. And, the only uh, one was the one we'd been going to forever, and right, he'd kind of let other things become more important. Yeah, uh, the uh, the Gamers Guild I found accidentally because they were literally uh, just half a mile from my house. Yeah, uh, to, right across the street from the high school, and I passed by there, and I went, "Oh, that." That's, Where have you been all my yeah, life? <laughs> that sounds like a game shop. So I go in there and there was just almost no magic community. I mean, there was a lot of, uh, he had uh, some arcade games up front yep. and uh, just a little bit of a lot of different games. Yeah. And he was, you know, had just like single magic packs that yeah. he had in there and I met him and talked to him and, and, uh, 
explained to him that, you know, I, 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 I'd been playing for a little while and I started going there on Saturdays because yeah. I, I would play at the Northside shop on Fridays. Right. And then on, on Saturdays, I'd play there because I mean, it's right there by the house. And <laughs> so, right. And I know that feeling. <laughs> yeah. It's right there. On, That's where I'm going. So on Fridays, I, I would talk to the other, uh, the North Side crowd. And, and eventually, we kind of started to trickle in. And that's about right. when I got there. Is mm-hmm. Like some of it, some of them had started to trickle in. But by that point, by the time I got down here, they were still just kind of, they'd come in and we'd play test on a Saturday. Yeah. And I had just gotten a certification before I left because I, it was while I was still trying to help Frank get everything up and running. I had actually gotten my certification to be a tournament organizer. Yeah. And so I started, I, I taught, convinced the owner of Gamers Guild to start doing tournaments there. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, you know, we we would bring, you and I both would bring a bunch of extra decks so that we'd oh, have yeah. everybody outfitted. Yep. Were they good? Almost certainly <laughs> no. I, I was still at that point where I thought, like, I don't want to admit to the things I thought were good. <laughs> I remember building decks for players out of the common box and then winning tournaments with them. I, I cannot say that. <laughs> I cannot say that. I could probably do it now, but I, can, yeah. I couldn't do it then. But we we eventually, you know, we, we kind of built that community up and then unfortunate events led to a change in ownership, change in culture, and eventually a change in location. After the change in location, see, I am, uh, one other part about me is I am a 30-year retailer. Yeah. It's what I do. I run retail establishments. And I saw that vacant spot right there at that beautiful location, literally. Right on the corner, right across from high school. Yes. And so I, we were driving by one day and uh, it was me and the wife and I, I said, you know, right there would be a great spot for the game shop. Just kind of joking, you know, because one was there just just the year before. Right. And she said, you know what? You're right, and you're just the person to do it. And I was like, well, that is my green light. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's how it happened. Yes. I remember I remember that too because I had uh, we had, we had done the whole issue with the guild. That summer, and then I went back up there for another year. Yeah. And by the time I came back down here, you were open and thriving. Yes. We, uh, uh, magic is, uh, well, first off, for, for any, I, I can speak to, to store ownership there. Magic is just one piece of the puzzle you have to oh, have yeah, to, absolutely. for a, a, a thriving game store. But magic, you need all parts of, of the Buffalo. Yes. You really do. I mean, I, I love Every my favorite, my very favorite format, believe it or not, is not commander. Oh, yeah, I got the look. You got the look. Uh, my favorite format doesn't exist anymore. I was briefly speechless, and a lot of people who know me know how hard (laughs) that is to accomplish. My favorite format is blind pre release. Yes, there was a day in time. Oh, my heavens, yes, where spoiler season didn't exist, and you just went to the pre release because all you knew was the name was invasion. That's it. That's all you knew. 
or you had a vague idea of what the story was about. Maybe the book had already come out. Right. And, and, and that was back when the books were good and we didn't have a lot of Twitter outrage over them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I love that. I, I, I love sealed. I love draft and standard and modern. Uh, like I told you earlier tonight, pioneer is new, but it's, it definitely has my interest. It's tickling your fancy. Yes. Cause it, it, it looks very much like a deck builders format. Yes. Yeah. And, and that's what I, I love just mainly obscure card interactions, which is that's how I found my home in commander. Cause I'll, I'll, I'll get in there and the only person I that I've ever the only other person I've ever heard her her do this because I've had like the kids and stuff peek in the door and go, Dad, are you all right? You're in here like laughing maniacally. (laughs) (laughs) And and the only other person I've ever heard, and she's termed it, Aaron Campbell, the broken giggles. Yes. Oh my gosh, yes. (laughs) Because the broken giggles are real and, and and <laughs> I, I don't do the broken giggle. I do like the broken Yoda voice where I'm going through it and I'm like, mm, that's a thing I can do. <laughs> I, and I start talking to myself, you get in the zone and you're just deck building it. And it's, you can see the sparks flying. Oh the yeah. Starting to bill, billow out. And my kids are like, don't talk to him. Just walk away. <laughs> The, the the best part of the Kylo Ren temper tantrum scene yeah. in Star Wars Seven, right? Where the stormtroopers walk up, realize what's happening, are like, "No, I don't need I don't need him that bad." But let's get out of here. <laughs> I had signed a twenty four month lease on that building, and uh, the building had some structural problems, you know. Yeah. And but uh, I had when you hang a sign out front that says Canada's Collectible Games, it reads as "This is a magic shop." <laughs> It really does, yeah. and, and it translated to it. And we had we had built there because it's not me; one person can't do it. It's, no. it was everybody. We had built a huge commander EDH community there. This was before Wizards ever released the first commander decks in two thousand eleven. Oh, yeah. That was that uh, was about the time I really became interested, and in yeah. it was actually getting to play there. And I remember having. Uh, to what we would do because right around the corners was dominoes. And yep. so, uh, for commander night, everybody pitched in five bucks and I gave, I, I used the entirety of all that money for price support. And then I bought pizza for everybody. That's awesome. <laughs> we did it on Thursday nights, Thursday night commander. And it was, it, it was a blast. And there were times that we would have, you know, 16, 18 people playing Commander oh, on man. a Thursday night. That is glorious. In 2009. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, said, I, I, I vividly remember coming back down. Uh, this is the uh, early, late summer, early fall of 2010. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had just gotten married. I was moving back home. And... A couple of friends convinced me I needed to come up and see you. So I did. And I, you know, I came in for an F&M and I ended up having way more fun after I scrubbed out of the F&M <laughs> than I did during the F&M. I, you know, borrowed a deck from somebody and played a bunch of commander games. And then I went home that night and feverishly built Crash the Blood Braided. Like, oh, that's such a good commander. <laughs> I ultimately ended up like pivoting away from that to something else. And then it was within like a year after that, that I took my breather 
I say breather. It was like a five-year sabbatical from the game, but. Sometimes that's uh, that's necessary. As I say, I, I've never quit playing, but there have been times where I don't play as much. Yes. Like I, I have, my job has moved me around a lot yeah. o- over the past 30 years. And there have been places where there just is no community. And so I, I was like, well, I'm here for, you know, nine months to a year. So, uh, but, and, and then, then there were times when like, remember when Lord of the Rings took over Jackson? That was super weird because like, because like out of all of the, uh, every week was a state championship tournament. Did you know that? I did not know that. The, because the makers of the game had a representative that lived in Jackson and he taught us all how to play the thousands and thousands of players in the state of, of Tennessee every week of the top 20 players in the state, we would have. 16 to 18 players. Jeez. Just so every week turned out to be with the ELO system, just and uh, the owner would post the every week the the top 25 rankings. And there was a point in time I was the scrub, I was losing to all these people. But because anytime I would win one game, I would gain so many points, I, I was like, what do you mean I'm in the top 25 of the state? I'm the worst player in this room. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, you may be the worst player in this room. But there's a lot of people worse than you out there. <laughs> right. But you're measuring yourself against greatness. And some of those guys went to nationals and worlds and yeah. of Lord of the Rings. It was crazy. That was That's kind of similar to one of the guys that I ended up playing with. Now, his particular story, once he got there, was not nearly so <laughs> pristine. Uh I've told this story a little before, but one of the players I played with in Minot was none other than Trevor Humphreys. Hmm. Uh, Trevor, the same Trevor Humphreys that was on track to win uh, SCG Rookie of the Year. Yeah, and he and one of his other one of his other teammates were implicated in the Shufflegate controversy. Gotcha. And but he him and him and Lance. And, and Mike would routinely go and, you know, they'd make a run in top eight of PTQ or they'd make a run Lance top 16 to Grand Prix. Wow. In, in Minneapolis in 2009, I believe it was. And Trevor won a PTQ in Winnipeg, well, you know. Wow. And then there was another name that was about 150 miles down the road that we'd play tested with a couple of times, but I didn't really get to get any face time with him because I was at weird idiot kid that built bad decks because he didn't have any good cards. So I just didn't get a lot of time in, in talking to him, but I, there was this, this name down the road that ultimately ended up emerging as one of the better magic players of all time. And one of them that is still to this day revered as the best standard player in the game. And that's Brad Nelson. Heck of a magic player. Yes, he is. Indeed. I, I don't remember much about him like as a person because again I didn't get to interact with him much. Yeah. He was more concerned with testing with people that were going to to push him. Right. And I was not that person. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. If I saw him tomorrow, he wouldn't recognize me. And I yeah. know that and I don't I, I'm not gonna be insulted by that. <laughs> but in all of those community communities that we've been through kind of one of the there's a few 
common threads through all of them that kind of run through all of them that made them successful. And it's behaviors, it's beliefs, it's like things we did more so than it was just us being there. Right. It takes a village. It, it, it takes everybody working to build a community. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's, yeah, it can be spearheaded by one or two people, uh, but, but other people eventually buy in and they spread and you've got to, and the in, first thing that helps that is enthusiasm. Absolutely. Actually, I guess the first two kind of go hand in hand, enthusiasm and passion. And yes. I tell people all the time, I don't know that I've ever told you this to your face, but you are one of the most outwardly passionate magic players I've ever met. I love this game. And thank you, by the way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's it, it takes five minutes of talking magic with you to just like reawaken your fire. <laughs> Whether it's, you know, to go out and build this like weird beard tribal deck for Commander <laughs> or, you know, we're playing a game of Commander and this interaction comes up and you're like, hang on a minute. I can, I think I can do that in, uh, I think I can do that in modern. <laughs> yeah. I want to do that in modern. And then you try it and it, you know, it either succeeds or fails miserably, but you never know until you try. Do you, right? know, do you know what my record is in modern? Uh, I'm not talking win-loss ratio, okay? No, 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 no. Every, everybody's got that. My record in modern is pushing pushing somebody out the door of nothingness on turn four. <laughs> yes. That is dope. <laughs> That's the kind of modern I play. Oh, man. <laughs> I guess that's probably more appropriate than the last time we played modern. <laughs> it's felt weird seeing you casting lightning bolts. I'm just saying. <laughs> it, it felt wrong somehow. First of all, you were playing this 60 card deck and there was no commander. And then there were these like lightning bolts and skewer the critics. And you forgot to, to, to wax a chump like a candle and pack uh, your light uh, at the stage. That's right. That's right. Not good. I, 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 I'll never forget that. Uh, uh, when I text you, it's like, I'm going to go play modern. And you were like, you're what? <laughs> Scooby-Doo face Spongebob meme Whoa. I even typed that in on Twitter uh, That uh, I, I was going to go play modern And somebody <laughs> asked you If, uh, if your no. autocorrected messed up Twitter suggested something else Besides modern Because it was like Nah, he, he ain't doing that He's never typed these words together <laughs> It was a blast though I, I mean, I as I said I, I love this game And I, I have met many many lifelong friends through yes. this as we all have uh yes. uh through some of them don't even play magic anymore but they're still friends right uh oh uh you you want to talk uh oh uh, here's one my daughter met her husband in my game shop yes i did know that yeah and they named their child jace yes so uh, i refer to my grandson as baby jace <laughs> <laughs> Even though he's like seven, you that know. Was, that was the best, Jace. Nobody, <laughs> it killed the other one for yeah. one less mana. Yes. And then you could sun tighten it back. He doesn't do that anymore, but well, you can still sun tighten it. Yes. Although I'm probably sun tightened the uh, um, the burnished heart over and over and <sighs> over mean, again. And yeah, <laughs> let's get all the lands out of our deck. But kind of the last one is being open to different ways to experience the game. Yes. Because the most, the best communities, I should say, I'm not going to say the most successful because there's been plenty of really successful game stores mm -hmm. that do not have a good community. Right. True. 
there's there's a there's not a correlation between successful store and good community. Yes. We need look no further than the store that shall not be named that is currently in Jackson. Right. To see that. Right. But as I can't remember who it was, I think it was well. I can't remember who it was that I had this discussion with. I would rather somebody come in over and over and over and over and over spending very little money, but I get to see them coming in all the time, enjoying what we're doing. Yes. Then see them come in, drop a wad of cash and never come in again. At the end of the day, it's all about people and seats. Yes. Boy, it was hard to keep that PG. (laughs) But yes, uh, it is. And, Fundamentally, it's, you know, I'm known as the commander guy, but you know what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what format we play. Nope. We're all doing the same thing. We're all tapping the lands and playing spell and playing the greatest flipping game in the world. Right. <laughs> so. And, I mean, what was it? Every once in a while, uh, you know, I throw a soul ring. Every once in a while, I throw several lightning bolts, you know? <laughs> wasn't enough last time. No. <laughs> no, it was not. It was not. But I had I had it. I had the dream in Yes, you did. I had the dream. I had I looked at my opening hand and I'm like, I can turn one blood moon. But I had zero lands. And I had it it, it was game one of that round and I said, "You know what? We're going to do it." If no, I didn't. Because I didn't know what he was playing. I was like, "Cuz knowing my luck, he's playing some monocolor something, but if he's not if he's not, I got him. And yes, I, I, I'm just, it's a waiting game till I draw lands. But I i just couldn't take the chance because I, I was going to be down minus four cards to do that. Yeah. Three spirit guys in the blood moon and just be sitting there waiting. And sure enough, he played no basics the entire mm. game. I could have had it. I could have mm. lived the dream, but I second guessed myself. Yep. And I mean, over over the years, we've both kind of played a lot of different wild variations on Magic. We've played Emperor, we've played Kingdoms, we've played, you know, the the secret to success in a community is a group of people who actively want to play together. Yes. The more like the more comfortable everybody is with everybody sitting down together at the same time and playing, the better mm-hmm. the community is. Yes, indeed. If there's not somebody, if, if there's not, you know, a handful of people that you're kind of side-eyeing going, I really don't want to have anything to do with them. If you don't have that, <laughs> yeah. you have a healthy community wherever right. you are. Indeed, yes. And in particular, one of kind of our trademarks is we make a concerted effort to make everybody that comes in the door feel welcome. Yes. I try to greet everybody with a handshake and a smile. Indeed. Do and I work at the shop? No. I just play there. But I still want people to come in and play there. Nine times, uh, well, every time, uh, uh, when I will play a pre-release or a draft or something sealed like that, and at the end of the day, because we're we are pretty invested Magic players, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I will go up to the shop owner and I'll say, okay, who's the newest player in the room? Who just registered for a DCI number today? Yeah, and I, w- I will go to that player at the end of the tournament and just give them my deck. Yeah, here you go, and just the light, the eyes, the what? Uh, because 
that is one more player that we get to play that, that our game has now. Yes, that it I is. remember that from your from the video you did. This is going to age out the video about Frontier. Oh yeah, yeah. When you said every person that that quits playing Magic is one less person I get to play against. That's right. That's right. And I can't play this game by myself. Indeed, that's true. So that one that one's kind of stuck with me over time. So. I don't know about you. I think that kind of wraps it up. Indeed. Ties a nice, neat little bow on our, our constructive community guidelines. Absolutely. Uh, I love the I name, by the way. I appreciated that. I thought you might. <laughs> so, I guess that means it's time to it's time to pull in the driveway. Okay. And uh, let's tell everybody where they can find us. I'll let you go first. Well, I am on YouTube. Uh, the channel is called Cure for the Common Game, and I am have recently become a Twitter addict. It's Cure underscore Game. I'm on there frequently. Uh, here, and if you if you know me but don't know him, I don't know what you're doing because I tag him in everything. So <laughs> uh, currently here for I have been on uh, building and recording and releasing a. A deck tech video every day. I say every day. I think there was two days in j- January that I missed. Yeah. So I think I only did like twenty eight or twenty nine videos That's in the month of January. Still, like a lot. <laughs> that was a bunch. It's a lot, a lot. That was a bunch. I do, it's, I do four of these a month. Like, it's, it's a <laughs> for perspective. <laughs> it's a lot of deck building, and, and it's actual deck building. It's not like making a list on a website no i'm physically sitting uh, putting cards in the same way yes even though even though i use lists i consult lists to come yeah. up with them i find that i build better decks when i have the cards in my hand yes indeed i don't know why that is the mind works better we and a lot of times we don't even have to read the card that artwork is like oh my gosh that combos with this and yeah, yeah. Like the the mana curve lays out better in uh, mm-hmm. in my head. Just it's hard for me to look at a list on a website and go, well, this is what that deck needs or doesn't need. I, I have to like physically look through the cards. Yeah, I'm a very tactile learner, I guess. Wow, I have a photographic memory. As I've been told more than once, I have a very photographic memory. I remember arts. I remember that's how I associate. As far as how to how to associate with me, you can uh, find me on Twitter at HomewardPathMTG on Facebook. My name is Adam Spain. Uh, if you're <gasps> if you're a fan, oh my gosh, how awesome is this? I never realized this. Huh. Both of our last names are countries. <laughs> how did we not come to that conclusion earlier, man? <sighs> We need to find somebody. We need to find somebody with a European with another European country name, so we can label the commander game <laughs> World War something. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't joke like that. But uh, we have the Facebook group for the show, Homeward Pathfinders. If you're a fan of the network as a whole, they have a Discord channel. If you're a patron of this this show, I also have a Discord channel. At a dollar a month, you get access to the Discord channel. At $3 a month, your deck moves to the front of the line for the Riding in Cars with Cards series on YouTube. Cool. Uh, deck techs. Uh, I try to pick, if, if I have one submitted, I try to pick one 
that kind of emulates what we've been talking about in the episode, if possible. Makes sense. To, to apply the lessons we're trying to teach. Obviously, that won't be the case this week. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we've been talking about community building. I guess we need to talk about Kanaios and Tiro in, uh, in Commander. And, there you go. Uh, let's build a community at the table by making sure everybody gets to do everything they want to do as long as you come out on top. No, uh, There's also blue braids. Huh? There's also blue braids. There is blue braids. I always forget about blue braids. <laughs> but, uh, and at $5 a month, you actually get the opportunity to help me write an episode. That's pretty sweet. So you know, your topic, your yeah. suggestions. So those of you who are patrons of $5 a month, please let me know. We need to talk about this. I need to get your episodes done. <laughs> <laughs> and... Obviously, I, I have to say it again. If you like what we're doing here enough to help support me in continuing to do it, patreon.com slash homewardpathmtg. Be sure to check out the sponsor, puremtgo.com, and their sponsor, MTGO Traders. Uh, and the rest of the family, constructedcriticism.com. Which, by the way, I have started listening to several of that, and there's not a bad There's show in the really bunch. Not, like. uh, every one of them. I I consume way more audio, uh, probably magic content than anybody I know because I live an hour away from to my right. work. Uh, I, half an hour from yeah. me, same. And I just, I started off with one and now I think I am actively listening to 26. <laughs> it's a bunch. And, and they're, <laughs> they're on my list. Yeah. But, uh, for those of you who, for whatever reason, are following this show and not any of the other ones, there has been a little bit of a changing of the guard on the network. Spencer Howland has stepped down as the host of Constructed Criticism. Okay. Uh, has passed the mantle on to his former co-host, his former tech producer, former host of the Even Odds podcast, and the face that was on everyone's shirt at SCG Richmond this weekend, <laughs> yeah. Mason Clark. <laughs> I saw the shirts. <laughs> Uh, uh, he has taken over the reins there. He and Matt are Matt Kling are going to continue to do it until they get to a point where they, they can name a, a co-host that Mason is, is more comfortable with. Okay. But those two, like those two have a natural chemistry with each other. Anyway, they've done this together for a while. And I, I think it's just, you know, Matt, I love listening to, to Matt's takes on magic, but I, I can't imagine what a grind it is for him. So, and then of course, uh, common knowledge is still going strong. I, I firmly, firmly believe that to be the best proper podcast on the web. Seconded. Uh, I think it, it, it might be one of two of them that are on the web, but it's the better one. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a knock on the other the other one. They're just really good. Yes, indeed. <laughs> and then kind of our, our newest addition to the family is, of course, MTG Trailblazers. Clever name. Love it. <laughs> I had a feeling you would love the name. <laughs> uh, Pioneer content. I'm over here trying to type in a thing, and I, I was trying to type in Pioneer. But it's, it's Pioneer content. Uh, Kyle and Ren do a really fantastic job. Just 
highlighting deck text, highlighting trends in metagame, highlighting kind of what the format is about, yeah. which is, it's difficult to figure out right now. If I'm being honest, there's a whole lot going on. And that's what makes it so amazing. Right. Okay. But that brings us to our closing segment. Are we there? Are, we're there. Oh yeah. <laughs> Those of you who know me know that I love wordplay. You know, I, I, I make no secret that I'm a father and I fit as many of the stereotypes about that fact as I can. And one of those is the love of the dad joke. And when you love magic and you love dad jokes, we got to talk. Hashtag MTG dad jokes. Oh, yes. So the first one is from Emma Partlow, who, by the way, is an underrated article creator in her own right on TCG Player. Uh, she did budget modern and pioneer articles on there. Oh, cool. And it's fantastic. But uh, Emma says, so with the release of Theros, any sweet cards you're looking to use in Modern? I think Clothis has some potential in Jund and Ponza. Feels like a decent hoser with potent stats. Clothis being the gruel god. Yes. And the joke is the comment that says, that sounds kind of like a Ponza scheme to me. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> and then I got sent this one from uh, Steam Elephant. Why did I spend black mana to cast Heart of Kieran? I feel like this is going to be good, but I don't know it. It's because it's jet powered. <laughs> <laughs> Some of y'all kids don't know. Some of y'all kids don't know why that's so funny. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm crying. <laughs> and the last one is from none other than Mark Rosewater. He's always good. Uh, good old dependable Mark. Tales from the Pit, number uh, 2217. says, actual Alexander Clamilton flavor text that got cut for space issues. Have you I, seen how many lines? I love the name. Have, have you seen how many lines of text is on that card? Yes. I, I'm surprised they even wrote flavor text. Yeah, we're going to fit it on there. <laughs> says, who lives, who dies, who shells your story? Ah. <laughs> 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 oh. I think he lives his, his entire existence for unpuns. <laughs> They're so good. They even reprinted Rock Rock uh, Rock Lobster, Paper Tiger, and Scissor. Oh, oh, they did. And unsanctioned. Okay, I, so I hadn't looked at the full list yet. We need to get those for our determining factors for our start of Commander games. Oh if playing, yes, if we're playing one v ones. Yes. Well, let's play Rock Paper Scissors. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Shuffle them up and we each draw one. I think we can actually throw in a lizard and I have a spot card. Oh, my heavens. <laughs> oh, God. We could, we could figure out who goes first. You know? Well, no, because everything loses to everything else, too. So. Oh, that's great. <laughs> At least we were in the dad joke section, right? We were, we, yeah, we were already there. <laughs> we're already where we're supposed to be. But that's all we got for this week. Uh, that's that's all of it. So uh, let's let's cut off the engine. Let's head in the house. Indeed. And on our way out, let's tell you, be good to each other. Absolutely. Like that, that's what it's all about. This Just, this game is hard enough as it is. When you're when you're trying to improve, you're trying to to 
you know, whether it's collection building, whether it's trying to build better decks, whether it's trying to build more decks. Even just learning how to play, the learning curve is so... It really... Yeah. What is it? Uh, it was a game designed by someone getting his PhD for his other PhD friends. Yes. And <laughs> I work in a factory that makes barbecue sauce and marinades, and I play this game. I sell groceries. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you sell what I make. <laughs> a lot of it, actually. But... You know, that's that's who it was designed for, and we're playing it. Yes. We're, we're, so, of course, the learning curve is high. Yeah. But it's so worth it. Nobody should be made to feel inferior for anything they're doing with magic. Absolutely not, no. Because we were build, all there. We, we need to build each other up. We don't need to tear each other down. Agreed, 100%. So, if I can leave you with nothing else from this episode... That's my big one. So get out there, be the positive influence you want to see in this community. As the man once said, be excellent to one another. <sighs> so I feel like we can sign off with your intro, with your outro on this one. Oh, really? So for now. Well, first I want to say thank you for having me. This was a blast. Anytime you want me to come back, just let me know. Absolutely. Uh, but right now. I'll come to you next time. Hey, that'll work. I would love to do a deck tech on one of your commander decks. I think after I get Chainer built, we're going to have to do that because I don't think my build is going to be like anybody else's. Cool. I like that. I like so. that because I'm always looking for something weird and different. Value mid-range commander. Heck yeah. <laughs> so I guess that's it for right now. That's it for right now. So the only thing left to do is to shuffle. And cut. Take it easy, guys.